What a beautiful sign of honor to such a wonderful man who deserves the honor of today. Um, I just want to welcome you all here today. I'm Pastor Josiah. I'm the pastor of this church. have the honor of loving Miss Johnny and her family. While this is a time of mourning and a time of grief, this is also a time of celebration. Because all of us who knew Mr. Junior Fry knew that the moment he saw you, that big old smile was going to shoot across his face. And I knew him as the mint man. Growing up in this church, he always had a smile on his face and a mint in his hand for me every single Sunday. And this is a time of celebration to honor him, the life that he lived. And if nothing else, all of you out there in those seats is a show of his life, showing the influence he had on all of those around him. What a beautiful thing. These can be hard times, and I'm not going to take a lot of your time, but I just want to share two scriptures with you one of comfort and one of encouragement. Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Hey, the Lord is with you in this time. Miss Johnny, family, the Lord is with you. Friends, the Lord is with you in these times of mourning. You're not going through it by yourself. And if I know the Fry family well enough, I know you'll never go through it by yourselves because they'll be there with you. The Lord is with you through this time. In a scripture of encouragement, one I know that Mr. Jr. believed with all his heart. John chapter 14, verses 2 through 13 says this. This is Jesus speaking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And I know Mr. Junior Fry believed that with all his heart, and we know that he is with the Lord now. And I know for a fact that he longs to have you with him there one day. Will you please bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, I come to you today, and I just ask you to give this family a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord God, I just pray for that peace that comes into the heart and the spirit and calms the nerves and gives us peace in the tears, knowing that tears are okay for a season. Lord God, I just pray that you would send your Holy Spirit so mightily to comfort the hearts and the minds of the family and friends of Junior Fry. That we're the ones who, upset, who are upset, but he is not. He is with his Messiah. So Lord God, we just thank you that we know what type of man Junior Fry was. And we thank you for his influence and his example. Lord God, we just pray for peace in your mighty name. Amen. Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way and was wretched and vile as could be, but my Savior above gave me peace, joy, and love. When he reached down his hand for me When my Savior reached down for me Without 
what moving tributes that we've had here already. As Pastor Josiah mentioned earlier, the honor guard, the honor of this beautiful flag. God bless America. Can I get a witness in here today? <laughs> the songs, the recorded songs, if you missed that in the bulletin, uh, Mr. Ben Fry, the patriarch of, of this group of fries. And I understand, Pat and Brad, y'all had something to do with digging through these recordings. Okay, so thank y'all for doing that, making that available. What a moving tribute that has been. And uh, just sitting there listening, I could imagine Miss Alberta just made her heavenly journey just really weeks, months back. And I was thinking yesterday, I bet as soon as Jim walked in the gates of heaven, Miss Alberta started barking orders. But anyway, we won't talk about that right now. And Willard, thank you, sir, for that moving tribute of Beulah Land. Would y'all show Willard some love today? <laughs> Beulah Land, I'm longing for you. Beulah Land, synonymous with heaven. And I don't know about anybody else, but it seems like every day I live, the more beautiful heaven is getting. There's only one way there, folks. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way to the Father but by me. You're a beautiful congregation today, and I hope that what we're going to do for the next few minutes is going to be a time of honor and celebration. Because I love Jim Fry. Yesterday I sat in my office, in fact I, I wrote this uh, in my notes and then I put it on social media. What could be said in so little time about a man whose life, love, acts of kindness could fill volumes of books? And that would be Jim because you know what, everybody in here would probably have at least one Jim story. Pastor Josiah just mentioned him growing up. When we moved here, when I was, uh, came here to pastor this church years ago, he was a young boy. And uh, Jim was known as a friend to many. But at that time, Jim didn't come here. But I want to evolve into that story. Because to many, Jim was a friend. He was a real friend. He wasn't a Facebook friend. He was a real friend. People trip me out. I got 4,569 Facebook friends, but you ain't got anybody to bring you a glass of water when you're in need. I'm going to stop and move on past that right now. <clears throat> Jim was a real friend. He was an old school friend. I'd met Jim years ago. I moved here in uh, 2008, I believe it was, when I actually moved here. Uh, it was 2009. And I met Jim through Lamont, and I forgot we were doing something over in the kitchen. I think Mike came and helped, and, and, and uh, Jim Jr. came and helped. I'll say Jim Jr. Y'all know that's all interchangeable because you say either one, he would look. <laughs> so anyway, I had met Jim, and, and we were acquaintances if we would have seen each other around town. But it wasn't until a few years later that... Uh, Mr. Steve Hawkins, a mutual friend, 
had some crisis health issues that began to evolve in his life. And Jim and Johnny and Steve and Janet were troublemakers together. See, she said true, and she's trying to act innocent. So I'm just, I'm going to keep this plain while I'm up here in this pulpit. I'm going to let y'all know that right now. But they would get together, I think, at Friday nights or something. Y'all would get together, have dinner, do something together. So when this stuff started happening with Steve and, and his health crises in these situations, uh, I began to see Jim and Johnny more frequently because it seems like about every time I would go to the hospital to see, check on Steve and Janet, even when Steve was in ICU and the family had to wait in that little waiting room, most of the time when I would go there, uh, I would see Jim and Johnny. So we began to, I guess, grow a relationship out of that. And, and especially when Steve made his homeward journey, uh, Jim and Johnny really began to attend here at Crossroads and, and became more entrenched. Even though Jim was a member at the church from way back in Park Street when he was a little boy and Pastor Hawkins had to kick him and who was it, Bubba, Lamont, Mike, and a few other of those people out of the church and let them come back in. I don't know, but anyway, that, that's got something to do with everybody in here. But that's, that's the way Jim had a lineage here, his father, the worship leading at, at the church. So when Jim came back home, that's exactly what it did. He, he just came back home, and, uh, and he brought the little Lutheran girl with him to the Pentecostal church. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, Johnny, okay? But Johnny came in, she just, she just fit right in because Jim and Johnny were real, real people. Jim was a real friend to a, a whole lot of people. Jim was the friend, you ever, I know you've heard of the proverbial saying, oh, he'll give you the shirt off of his back. Well, I can probably tell you for sure, if anybody would have been a poster child for doing that, it would have been Jim Fry. Can I get a witness on that in the room today? There's one more thing I want to tell you about Jim, though, about being a friend, and it's an old school type of friend that pretty much is a lost art in today's generation. And speaking from a pastor's point of view, I'm going to tell you Jim was a pastor's friend. I can't tell you how many times Jim would walk up to me, especially Jim and coffee. Does anybody equate Jim and, and coffee to go together? And, and pre-COVID days, we would come in early here as, as people would be doing a, a sign task, getting ready for service. And some of us, that little round table that's sitting out there, we would have a pot of coffee on. You'd have to put a coffee on. If you didn't have put a pot of coffee on, Jim would make sure a pot of coffee was put on, him or Johnny. And uh, so we would sit out there, that little round table. We'd laugh and talk on Sunday mornings, and we would have coffee. But I want to tell you the lost art of I want to address on this part of Jim's life is he, he was a pastor's friend. He was a friend of a pastor. Lots of times pastors get a bum rap because lots of times we have to make decisions that people know this much of the details on and we know a whole lot more that we're having to base our, our judgment on or our decision-making processes on. And, and so people tend to get mad at pastors or they think pastors are this or that. 
But I'm going to tell you what, Jim was a friend of a pastor. He was my friend. And there were times that he would walk up to me and he'd grab me. And, and uh, one of his reputations was, if you didn't ever know this, Jim was given the award of best smelling man in Columbia. I don't know, boy, that man has some cologne. He would walk in, look, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm straight as straight can be, but I would say, man, you smell good. <laughs> but he would walk up to me, and he'd, he'd grab my hand, and, and uh, we called it the Pentecostal handshake because when you do that, you know, there's a, little, there's a little transference. If you came off the streets, you would think a drug deal was taking place because something's being shifted from one hand to the other. And usually with Jim, it would be a, a 50 or a $100 bill. And there'd be times he'd say, he'd look at me and he'd say, I know you got kids in college and, and hopefully this will help out. Or my wife's parents were having health issues up in North Carolina and she and my sister-in-law were having to go back and forth. And Jim would say, I know that traveling back and forth is expensive. And, and either he would give it to me or he'd give it to her. Where you at, baby? You in here? There you are. All right, she had told me that story, and there were times he, he'd done that for me, but Jim was just that kind of a guy. Jim was the kind of guy that was a pastor's friend. If I could tell, if Jim were sitting in here today and I would say tomorrow we're going to storm hell with water pistols, Jim would go up and buy a super soaker tonight and meet me back here in the morning. That's the kind of church member and friend of a pastor Jim was. One day he called me, and uh, just to show you his heart, he called me. He said, hey, man, where you at? And uh, if my memory serves me correct, I was here. And uh, he said, me and Johnny coming over, he said, I got something for you. And they pulled right around back. And uh, I went back there. He said, the Holy Spirit told me to give you this. And he opened his back door and uh, pulled out something that I'm not even going to say what it is, but he gave me something that to this day is one of my most treasured possessions. And it's not just the fact that Jim gave gifts. You had to recognize the sincerity of the heart that Jim did that with. And what about a Gamecocks fan? All the years that I knew Jim, we talk about Gamecock, ba baseball, basketball, football. And uh, I know some of us are just gluttons for punishment, but we do what we do and we enjoy every step of it. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. But Jim did love that. He loved going and uh, loved when, when he worked. <clears throat> he and Johnny worked out with the, uh, the Coliseum and, and helping with that. That was also, he just loved doing that stuff. And, uh, and I loved when they did it too because once in a while I'd call and say, hey, can we get in? And uh, they would either pull some strings or find somebody that would work out a situation for us to be able to, to watch a game. In fact, Josiah was 16th birthday. The day Marcus Lattimore blew his knee out, we were at that game for his birthday and Jim had, had uh, helped us arrange that situation there. Now, in the next two or three years, when South Carolina Gamecocks football wins a national championship, we're going to have a party in Jim's behalf. 
I don't know if I'm prophesying or prophesying or just still standing on hope. But anyway, <clears throat> just acknowledging our brother Jim. He would be a great, he'd have that big old cheesy grin when I said that right there, wouldn't he? <clears throat> Not only that, but uh, folks over the years that Jim was, was a part of my life while I was a part of here at Crossroads, Every year at Father's Day, we have the fathers come up, and we do likewise for mothers as well. But on Father's Day, uh, we'll present the fathers with a gift. And, and every year, Jim and Johnny be sitting back there in that normal area where they would sit at trying to keep Janet Hawkins from getting in trouble. And uh, <clears throat> so every year when service was over before they got out or somewhere in the next day or so, if I didn't get to them, I would tell Jim, I'd say, Jim, if we had... Uh, always we had more gifts than we, we always wanted extra. You didn't want to run short, so we were sure we were going to have extra. And I would always say, Jim, be sure to get you one of those Father's Day gifts. Well, I'm not a father. And I would always tell him every year, and I would say this to Johnny as well at Mother's Day, get a gift, Jim, because you are more of a father figure in some people's lives than their biological father are. And sometimes I had to go get it, hand it to him, make him take it. But anyway, he was hard-headed. He was a fry now. We're not going to argue that. Amen? <laughs> Katie, James, all the ball players and stuff that y'all took in over the years, had them in your house. Miss Martha, I think the last uh, that I'm aware of recipient of the fry hospitality core in the house all of the things Katie the beautiful tribute that you wrote on uh, social media all of those things prove what a father figure Jim was to so many people and folks that is such a beautiful trait that we need here in America today amen <clears throat> Jim was always faithful to help with his mother Miss Alberta when he could and uh, doing things and, and I'm sure aggravating Renee in the process. Jim was a faithful brother to all of y'all. He loved you guys. And uh, I'm an only child. So when I saw the Fry Brothers together in the kitchen laughing, talking, cutting up, doing something, that was always a blessing to me. Jim was a faithful member here at Crossroads. Uh, he loved helping in the kitchen. He loved helping like today uh, we will bless this family, or excuse me, Crossroads will bless this family later with, with a meal. Jim was always right there in that. Even when he was sick and weak as water, he'd pull in a chair and sit there in the kitchen. In fact, I told several of you today, one of the last times I came back for a funeral, and Jim was actually there. Again, on that day, he was weak as water. He was pale, and he walked up to me. He said, now listen, he said, I want you to do my service when my time comes. And I looked at him, I said, Jim, let's don't talk about that right now. Let's all plan going into rapture. Well, he didn't wait and didn't listen to what I had to say. So Jim, this one's for you today, buddy. But Jim loved helping people. He was part of the biscuit brigade. Because there was a young man that... Uh, struggled with addictions and, and God began to set his life free and he knew 
some of the issues that people in a methadone clinic went through with, with their hardships financially and going in early that morning, getting a dose of methadone to help with their addictions and, and to go to work and not have money for food. So me and this young man sat in the library, conference room over here, library, and he said to me one night, he said, can we do something to help those people? And I was like, heck yeah. And I was like, I don't care if I just take $5 and buy five McDonald's biscuits. We're going to sit out there and help five people. And so that's what I was determined to do. So I happened to mention it here in church. And lo and behold, I had people stopping me saying, I want to get involved. We want to help people like that. We want to feed people breakfast. So we ended up uh, at one time making in excess of 100 biscuits. We had a group would come in here on Friday night cook the sausage, bake the biscuits, wrap them all up, and then we'd have folks come in here on Friday morning and uh, warm those biscuits up, put them in one of those uh, chafing pans, and we'd go out and we just called it tailgate. It was just like you go to a tailgate party in a parking lot with a, with a ball game. We'd go out there and we'd set up our tailgate on the back of a truck. We'd feed people when they're coming out of the methadone clinic. Jim loved doing that. And uh, that was, I believe, a priority for him. I don't know if he drugged Johnny or Johnny drugged him. But anyway, they were here just about every time it was time to make those biscuits. And uh, he thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And what about Jim's smile? That was a smile that could change a room, wouldn't it? I mean, he'd just break out in that grin, even if you were mad. Oh, tell me something, Johnny. Did you ever get mad at him and he just sat there and smiled at you and you couldn't be mad anymore? Don't answer that question. Let me ask let me ask Lamont. No, 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 I can't ask Lamont that. But he was just that kind of guy. I could be, I could be discouraged. I could be frustrated. I could be mad. And I could walk around that corner, Jim, to be sitting at that little table. You want a cup of coffee? Break out in that big old grin. And it seemed like the world just became a lighter and brighter place. That's the way Jim was. <clears throat> And you know what else, Miss Johnny? Jim loved you. The dynamic duo. The dandy tandem. Johnny, Jim lived for you with everything that he was. I love looking at these pictures up here when y'all were, were youngins. And what about those pictures when he was in the Air Force? Man, I joked with him one time. He gave me a picture because we were putting a video together for Veterans Day. And I looked at those pictures. I said, oh, boy, what were you, like 15 years old? And he didn't change a bit, really, did he? But Miss Johnny, Jim did love you with everything that was in him. And I want to tell you today, Jim was such a blessing to so many people because you let him be a blessing to so many people. And you helped Jim to be the man that God grew Jim to be. Thank you for that. In the coming days and weeks, Johnny, coming days and weeks, <clears throat> you're probably going to experience a plethora of emotions. You'll have some rough days and you'll have some very happy days. You'll laugh at a lot of the things that Jim did that would make us laugh. And there's going to be some weepy days. That's all right. You know, that's the way God made us. It's called grief recovery. But you know what? 
in the next few weeks, if you have this question come lingering to your mind, why did he have to go now? I want you to call a timeout, and I want you to remind yourself, let's not ask the question, why now? Let's thank God for all the years that we had and all the memories that we can make. And this is just a little short distance in time and space because let me tell everybody this. Jim Fry loved God. And you know what? He knew his name was written down in heaven because he had committed and submitted his life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. A perfect man, I don't know of any that are in this room right now, myself at the top of the list of imperfection. But I can tell you what, I trust a perfect Savior who came through a virgin womb, lived a pure, holy, sinless life, died on a cross, Three days later, he rose again just like he said, and now he has ascended back to heaven, and he is at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for you and for me. That is the God that I can put my trust in. And this one thing I know, Junior had put his trust in that same Jesus Christ. So what we have right now is not, we have not lost Jim we are just temporarily separated from Jim. If we had lost Jim, we'd never see him again. That would be something worth crying about. That would be something worth mourning about. But because of Jesus Christ being our mutual Lord and Savior, you know what? I'm going to see him again. And I thank God for that. Can I get a witness from anybody in this room today? Thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul said this, he said, to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And Johnny, I want to encourage you. Katie, I want to encourage you. James, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of you family. I want to encourage you, all of you friends. The Bible says that there is a great cloud of witnesses in the book of Hebrews. And y'all know Jim could get loud, right? You know what that great cloud of witnesses, I believe, I believe this. I believe they are up in heaven, and I don't think they're just sitting there watching quietly. I think, if anything, they are cheering us on. And I believe if we could hear out of heaven, even in the slightest little bit right now, we would hear the voice of Jim Fry Jr. saying, boy, y'all, this is amazing up here. I can't wait till y'all get here. Well, hold on, buddy. We're on the way. Some of us are going to get there sooner than others. And I pray today that every person under the sound of my voice knows this without a doubt, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. Because you know what? How many of y'all know we just finished Christmas, right? Two weeks ago. You know what that means? 50 weeks, it'll be Christmas again. Does that excite anybody in here? You Christmas people, you elf people? Jim found out a secret. How many of y'all remember the old Christmas hymn, O Holy Night? O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. Sing it with me. It is the night of thy dear Savior's birth. Does anybody remember the next words? 
Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Listen, listen. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Listen, stop right there. I was singing that song a few days before Christmas. And when I sang that line right there, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, God spoke to my heart and he said, Tim, how much is a soul worth? And I pondered that for hours and hours and I dug through scripture. And you know what? I could not find where the Bible says a soul is worth this or that. But I did find this. And I think Junior realized this. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Every diamond, every ruby, every piece of gold if he owns the title and deed to every piece of real estate on the entire planet what does it profit a man if he would get all of that and lose his soul the worth of a soul what is the only thing that could buy back a soul for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Folks, heaven sent the greatest treasure it had in the form of the Son of God. Let me tell you something. How much is a soul worth? It's worth so much that God would give the best thing he had to give, Jesus Christ. Father, today I ask you to bless these folks. Thank you, Lord, for the family. Thank you, Lord, for the friends. Thank you, Lord, for the acquaintances that are here. And, Lord, I ask you to bless them, and I ask you to bless them indeed. Thank you, Father God, today for the life, the memories, the cherished times, Lord God, the laughs that we've had with Jim. God, I pray you to strengthen Johnny and, and her family and, and the, the Fry family. Lord God, I pray that you would be with them. Thank you so much, Lord. I don't have the words to put to it. I don't have the words to say. But God, thank you for the impact and the influence that Jim Fry was on all of us that are in this room today. God, I pray you to bless us and to be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I think we're going to have a song now. We're going to let the family uh, go out into the foyer. If you would like, you can speak to them on the way out. But I'm going to ask everyone to please stand. And while the music plays, we're going to let the family step out first. I have. 